Hello and welcome to Tape Notes, the podcast that looks behind the scenes at the magic of recording and producing music. Every episode we'll be reuniting an artist and producer and talking through some of the highlights from their collaboration in the studio. So join us as we lift the lid on the creative process and the inner workings of music production to see what lies beneath. Hello, I'm John Kennedy, and joining me for this episode of Tape Notes is Mahalia with producer J.D. Reed to talk about how they wrote, recorded, and produced the EP Letter to Your Ex. Mahalia is an alternative R&B soul artist from Leicestershire, England. Growing up with parents who were both heavily involved in the music world, Mahalia followed in their footsteps from a young age and began writing music of her own aged eight. Performing at open mic nights as a young teenager, in 2012, she independently released her debut EP, Headspace. It caught the attention of high-profile artists and record labels alike, leading to her signing to Asylum Records later that year. A second EP followed in 2015, and after several featured performances, including on Rudimental's We The Generation, in 2016 she released her debut album, Diary of Me, aged 18. The album was praised for its combination of characterful storytelling and raw emotion, and saw Mahalia take on support slots for Emily Sande and Ed Sheeran. Her second studio album, Love and Compromise, arrived in 2019, featuring tracks with Ella May, Lucky Day, and the hit single, Simmer, with Burner Boy. The album was nominated for two Brit Awards, an MTV Award and the BBC Sound of 2019. Beyond her own material, Mahalia shared her vocal talents with numerous artists, including Rico Nasty, Pasalu, AJ Tracy and Jacob Collier on his track All I Need, which in 2021 earned a nomination for Best R&B Performance at the Grammys. Her latest EP, Letter to Your Ex, released in May 2022 via Atlantic Records, is an EP of letters dedicated to the different people and stages of her life during the last few years, tied together with glistening production and her signature smooth yet expressive vocals. Jordan Reed, better known by his producer alias JD Reed, is a British musician, producer and DJ. Brought up in North London within a musical household, it was at the age of 15 that Jordan began DJing and experimenting making music of his own, regularly producing grime beats for MCs at school. Deciding that music was going to be his focus, Jordan went to university to study music technology, following which he took on assistant roles in studios across London, including working at a Sultan Battery with legendary producers Flood and Alan Mulder. In 2014, having moved to radio station Rinse FM, Jordan released his debut EP, Meneki Neko, on Terror Rhythm Records. Getting regular radio play, he was quickly linked up with artists including Sinead Harnett and Katie B, going on to produce her single Chase Me. While continuing to release his own music through his label Baby Gravy Records, Jordan's production work with artists across the worlds of hip-hop, grime and pop has led him to both commercial and critical success, gaining a top 10 on the UK singles chart with Mabel's smash hit Finders Keepers and credits on Slow Tie's Mercury-nominated debut album Nothing Great About Britain. Today I'm at Spitfire Audio in Tileyard, North London, and with me are Mahalia and JD Reid. And what better way to start our conversation than by hearing something from the record? This is the EP's title track, Letter to Your Ex. Last night, you sent a text to him. Made us have a fight, made a mess of it. I know you're his ex, but you can't do that anymore. Close the door for me, and you don't know nothing to me. You think you know all about me, huh? You never been me, but I've been you, girl. I've had my heart broken too, girl. Many times before, yeah, I've done it all, I've seen it all through I didn't eat, I didn't sleep too Oh my God, all my memories Waiting for the right call, the right 
I get it That don't mean I'm gonna always be forgiven There comes a time when you gotta let my love start And I can only do that when you stop With the drama, 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 drama That is Mahalia with Letter to Your Ex, the title track of the new EP. And I'm very pleased to say that I'm sat with Mahalia. Hello. Hello. And also J.D. Reid, Jordan. Hello. It's great to have you both here. We're sat in Spitfire Studios in North London and we're going to talk about how you create your music. (laughs) And Letter to Your Ex is the ideal setup, the title track of the new EP, but also because it kind of leads the story, I think. Yes, it does. Because there's a kind of story, both in your past work in a way, that feeds into this new EP. Yeah. Um, you like talking to exes and, and stuff, <laughs> possibly. I, don't I know. do. No, I do. I think um, obviously this one, this one was funny because when I announced it and I announced the title, I think everybody assumed that I was going to be talking to my ex because of my history and because a lot of my music is usually about that. But with this one, the kind of twist on it was that I was really speaking to my partner's ex girlfriend and I love it. And I'm like, I've always been very proud of um, my kind of conversational way of writing. I think a lot of that is down to where I'm from, you know, being from Leicester, I think the way that we all spoke and all the little kind of colloquialisms in our language and how we would talk to each other, I think that massively influenced my writing. Does it have any inspiration in in music at all? Because in a way, there's like a a history of this kind of thing, particularly in soul music, of following on talking to people one-to-one. I'm thinking about Woman to Woman by Shirley Brown. I don't know if you know that song. (laughs) I do. Um, But it's a kind of thing where she explains this story and and gives the other woman her side of the story. It definitely is. I think we, I mean, if I think about one of my favourite songs when I was a kid, it was Brandy and Monica, The Boy Is Mine. And, you know, watching these two women kind of speak back to each other about how this guy that they both happen to be seeing is theirs. And I think that, like conversational style really sits in soul music and it it's definitely inspired me growing up like when I think about some of my favorites it was people like India Irie or Karen Bailey Ray and I remember hearing India's music for the first time and genuinely feeling like she was talking to me Mm. so I think I probably subconsciously put that into my music without even ever knowing yeah yeah. It's a great way of communicating because people can relate. Yeah. You get things off your chest as yes. well, <laughs> uh, which is always good. Um, so we're going to look at some of the songs on the EP and we're going to look at Letter to Your Next yes. first. Yeah. So maybe if we hear a little Blast of the Master and then we can unravel it. Let me introduce myself properly Though it's clear you already heard about me when he told you about the breakup, did he blame me? Hmm. Did he tell you I was crazy? But did he tell you all the times that he broke my heart and broke my mind? No, I bet he didn't. I bet he told you that he isn't a bad guy. Now, truth is, he never started out like that. He was kind and attentive and just my man. Then one day he said he'd be right back. Never came back around And he never told me why Never gave an explanation Not a text, not a goodbye Not a sorry, not a love you Not anything So respectfully I don't owe you anything but Woman to woman <laughs> That reference there <laughs> Yes, excellent You set the scene nicely Yes um, So how do you write these songs? Where does it start? Oh, uh, well I don't really know I It's 
I obviously co-write a lot. So I write a lot with other people, which I actually love. I think when I was a kid, when I first started, obviously I got signed so young. So yeah. I got signed at 13, 23 now. So it's been 10 years. And I think in that first kind of five, six years, I really struggled with the co-writing thing because before that time, it was just me, my guitar, kind of sat in my bathroom because the acoustics were great in there. So I almost felt like I was singing with loads of reverb basically and it was really private for me it was really kind of it was a really intimate space and so the idea of sharing that with somebody with a producer I could do because I was still left alone to write but when it came to co-writing I found that really difficult and then as I got older I realized actually that it was just that I needed to meet the right co-writer and the right people that were going to allow me to be myself and they were kind of just there to facilitate but when it comes to writing things like this, I think, well, Letter to Your Next was a reply to Letter to Your Ex. So I think when I was writing Letter to Your Ex, that was a real moment. That was literally the morning after I'd had a little bit of a, not really a row, because my boyfriend doesn't really row, but it was kind of me <laughs> releasing a lot of my emotion on him about this situation. And Letter to Your Ex kind of spilled out of me. And I guess because I write in that conversational way, it's almost like I'm writing a letter, which is why I titled it that. But um, after I wrote it, I felt like it was unfair to only give that perspective because I've been the other girl before. I've definitely been in that situation where, you know, my ex has moved on and I've kind of tried to maybe press in a little bit or like try and kind of get myself back in there with them. So Letter to Your Next came as the response. Um but it all kind of, everything that I write comes from experience. I find it extremely difficult to write a song that I've got no idea where it comes from. I mean, you've been in sessions with me where I've been like, I can't write this song. I don't know how to write this song. This is not my life and this is not really my truth. And so I don't. And I think that's why, you know, for this EP and, and also for the album that is kind of in the making right now, my team's been really small. I've been working with Jordan... Jordan's got uh, this great guy who's also a guitarist and artist in his own right. His name's Max Pope. And then a brilliant songwriter, artist, who also happens to be my boyfriend, a guy called Ben Hart. So we're this tight kind of unit of four. And I feel like we make the best music. And it's probably because we're all so comfortable with each other. You know, yeah. we're all able to say what we feel. So for this song, I mean, are you writing words first? Or do you are you thinking about chords or thinking about... Melodies. So for this song in particular, it was chords. So I knew that I wanted to use the same hook idea as Letter to Your Ex. So the drama, 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 all of that is in Letter to Your Next as well. I would always start with chords. I think that's how I've always written when I think back. I would be playing chords on the guitar and then I would write to that. And for this, I worked with my pianist who plays live with me. His name's Dan Diggers. And I asked him just to send me anything he wanted on keys. And then he sent me this clip. And so I wrote Letter to Your Next. Right. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. So do you have that? Yeah. So the the piano that you hear in the master that we just played, that is the original piano recording that made sense. So that is Dan Diggers. That's Dan Diggers. Fooling around at home. Fooling yeah. around at home. With any brief from you? No. No brief on chords. No brief on... I mean, I sent him the original of Letter to Your Ex, but I said, don't stick to these chords. This is just kind of the vibe and 
where we're at, but he, I always let him do whatever he wants. I think that's the best thing to do when, mm. when working with talented musicians, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you got these and then yeah. what, what did he do? So I got these, what I was just playing you, it had a little bit of processing on it, but it's more or less just, yeah, so this is it just dry. Yeah. Underneath. And then I've just added like a little tape saturation to it and some EQ really, just to like make it feel a little more lo-fi in general. Just felt it was a little too clean. I always like trying to make things feel a little bit more like they've gone through some sort of tape machine or yeah. mm. just a bit more, you know, beaten up. But it's a, a beautifully intimate sound. It is. You yeah. know, you feel like you're in the room with Dan yeah. as he's playing it. Or, <laughs> you know, Dan and Mahalia, you know, and Mahalia, you're turning to us and then pouring it all out. <laughs> Literally. And then I, because Jord had done a couple of the other songs on the EP, and also just because we worked together a lot, I asked Jord if he'd be up for doing some ad prod. I knew that I didn't want too much. Um, Letter to Rex obviously incorporates quite a lot. And there's strings and there's a beat and there's a lot of stuff in there. But I just wanted whispers of sound and mm -hmm. that's where you came in. Yeah, because when you sent me the the original demo that you'd done, you were like, I just want this to just be touched like a little bit. Yeah. I really got the feel that it wasn't like overproduce this, do loads of madness, just like enhance what's there and add to the mood of it. Do you have that original demo that Mahalia sent you? I believe so. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Are you willing to share? If we... Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Mm. And where would you have recorded the demo? The demo demo. I recorded it actually in the studio with my vocal engineer. His name is Cam. And I wrote it. So the way that I record or sometimes the way that I write is, sorry, I don't have an example, but basically, so I'll pull the piano into logic i will be listening to it in my earphones and i will sing into my phone into voice memo and i most of the time when i'm writing like that i'll go line by line i'll sing the first line i'll airdrop that to my laptop i'll load it in and i'll just add some stuff to it so it doesn't sound too much like a voice memo and then i take that send it to cam who's my vocal engineer and then i go into the booth and i sing it all the way through right so then you kind of do one whole take one full yeah. take yeah so i have a i think when i first started working with a vocal engineer i quite liked comping because i'd never known of it before before that i was always singing take after take after take and i would because i record myself at home you know if i went wrong i would stop it and i would start again and then when i found the world of comping i thought wow so i think i went a little bit crazy for a little while you know when you see it in the pro tools file and it's all different colors and you can see that different tracks have been pulled up and then more recently i think actually since i started vocal coaching i've just started to sing again all the way through i think recording full takes of songs is really important to me so that i know i can sing it live because i think when you're you know going line by line and comping a lot you can create something sometimes it's just a little bit too perfect mm. and then when it comes to singing it live i find it really difficult because I'm not singing perfect all the time. So now I have a thing about recording it all the way through, which is why when I'm writing, I tend to go line by line. So I'm kind of learning it as I'm writing. Mm. So then you're almost preparing yourself to exactly. do the take. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I noticed that when you do the scratch, actually, you always want to make sure you can get 
the whole verse the out whole verse. at least once or twice before yeah, you move on. <laughs> you've been there when I've been arguing with, because it's my boyfriend who I write with, I'll be arguing with him because I'll be going, I can't breathe. And then he'll go, you can <laughs> just chill out, just sing it and breathe. And then he'll show me how to do it. And then I do it. So it's really, really crucial to me that I can sing the song live. Because, you know, I don't want to get caught out on bloody jimmy fallon not being able to sing my own fucking song <laughs> i will say though on that as well it's really good the relationship that you two have when writing together because you can see that like where maybe if it was someone you weren't as comfortable with you wouldn't both push each other in the way you yeah. do it definitely helps to bring something better out of you i agree completely i never thought that i'd see the day <laughs> honestly <laughs> were you able to find that demo yes i got it here myself properly though it's clear you already heard about me when he told you about the breakup did he blame me huh. did he tell you i was crazy but did he tell you all the times that he broke my heart broke my mind no i bet he didn't i bet he told you that he isn't a bad guy now, truth is, he never started out like that He was kind and attentive and just my man Then one day he said he'd be right back And you'll see, so after this verse The chorus is the same as Letter to Your Ex never gave, gave an explanation, not a text, not a goodbye, not a sorry Not a love you, not anything So respectfully, I don't owe you anything but Woman to woman you gotta run, baby, just like I wouldn't. You gotta so it's go, really me kind of like warning the next person. Mm. And it before you're caught, and it's drama, 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 drama. I don't wanna sound like a bit like different, slightly different lyrics. But if you carry on like this, you're gonna get your karma. Take it from a girl who's already been through the trauma. So I think you know what he's doing, and it ain't showing love. So stop now, baby. Don't let it make you crazy like me. You still got enough time to leave. Yeah. That's great. I mean, it's all there, isn't it? I, mean, I love it. I really love it. So, yeah, I didn't have to go crazy. The bass was like just there. Just wanted to, like, yeah, just fill it with some extra synths and subtly make it feel just a bit bigger. Because there was also a point where I asked May to get Dan to record a an alternate piano take for it as well, which was a bit more busy. Cause I was thinking maybe if we just like enhance the piano and add some flourishes in places, that's what's going to fill that, that yeah. space that might oh, yeah, be missing. Cause it was just a loop. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. But then when we got that piano, it felt like actually this is a little too busy and takes yeah. away from the song. Yeah. So that's when I went back and then just added more on the synth side of things. Yeah. I'm curious to know what you added. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted it to build throughout, so let me just... Tell you all the times that he broke my heart, broke my mind. No, I bet he didn't. I bet he told you that he isn't. Yeah, so I put some light forest rain underneath it to start off with. I do this and everything, just... Can you like, isolate that? Yeah. So I love putting like textures of people at the beach or like cities, birds, rain, you do anything do that. Like, that. like 
every instrumental that I work on will probably have some ambience in there. Yeah. Even if it's tucked in like really low, just because I find when things are quite simple, especially just having that, that texture that's not necessarily like noticed, it definitely adds a, a mood or feeling to it like subconsciously. Mm. And yeah, it just feels quite an important space. So I type that underneath. Do you have a bank of these things? Or? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll say field recordings you've made. Or? Sometimes I, yeah. I do bits on my on my phone. I've got a lot of them off splice because I like the jungle sounds. Really, yeah. jungle, yeah. forest, rain. Like that's my main vibe. It's nice <laughs> as well because the the video, though it's not. I mean, it might be out actually by the time that this comes out. But it was shot at like two a.m. on um, Broadway Market and in London Field. So it like the birds were singing so like when you hear it it's actually it like really fits and I think even that sound I mean I I, I love when you do that just because it it just takes it to a different space and I think yeah. it kind of brings you you know you're still in the music but you're also kind of in the natural world yeah, which I really like sure. so yeah just as the tune builds I just wanted to gradually introduce more layers of of simps so let me just I'll just mute out the vocal for now so yeah just added some omnisphere stuff here little panning to the left for the first half of the chords panning to the right for the seconds so we feel like we're moving a little bit maybe solo then very subtle just like 20 on each side I love soloing stuff yeah and then here I'm just soloing out some of the other synths that I've added in so got a little reactor patch like these synth chords I use them in, in a lot of different beats because it just feels like a sort of mid-range low mid space that you know just to add extra body to things what's that high stuff that's really pretty this is a uh, one of the arterial mellotron patches it's got Juno chorus on it Little Valhalla reverb. My favourite. And then a Keyscape Rhodes layered in with the other synth pads that I got there. Like I use this sort of splitting up chords and panning them left and right in the same synth quite often. So I have this Omnisphere patch that I've made here. And I'll basically like take the chord progression and take like the bottom three notes and put them on the left and the top on the right and pan them out really quite far. And there's something about doing this around like chords that are also sitting in the middle just gives things like a lot of extra width. So I just play it in context with the piano and stuff as well. Just like nothing poking out too much, keeping it all sort of pretty low in volume, but just creating just a wall of synths basically, just for the warmth and Gives and it width. body. And underneath all of that, stick a sub in there as well. <laughs> Always got to have the sub underneath, <laughs> like I just, I've got an addiction to that, so uh, that's always in there. Yeah, we love a sub. Yeah. I mean, there's not really much more mm. to this. It was just about, like I said earlier, just dressing up the piano a little bit, 
letting the vocal have its space to do its thing and drama 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 i don't want to sound like a bitch no i don't want to but if you carry on it's really interesting isn't it because i mean there's all those different things that you've added ultimately we think of the voice and the piano that's what we think when we hear the track you know that that and those are the important ingredients yet all of those things add so yeah. much yeah. But yeah in such a subtle way this is it i think there is always that thing of like trying not to put too much into an instrument we're not trying to make it too busy always keeping the song in mind first and foremost but you know the detail that you put into making beats like the producers the artists like we really appreciate that stuff too so it's like you know finding the balance of how much you can put in that's going to add to the song and like choosing the right sounds place and in the right place that's what really makes it feel complete for me mm. yeah. and and so in terms of the communication with Mahalia you're working on that do you then send it over to her or do you do it are you sure. in the same room to analyze it or, or? most of the time yeah. yeah for this we weren't because it was more of a i think i literally texted you yeah. and said can you do this for me and then he said yeah and then it's like the day after he'll send me something back so this was quite different for us because obviously we hadn't started it together but usually we're in the same room yeah. and a lot of it happens in the same room i think by the time i did this one for you as well like we'd already made quite a lot of music together yeah. so i have more of an understanding of may as a person what what she resonates with you know that kind of thing so coming to this one it just made it a bit easier to get it in the right direction for her to feel good about it yeah, yeah. is there anything else we should hear from it before we move on i mean we got a little i'll just play this bit and he never told me why never gave an explanation not a text not a goodbye vocal so just like a subtle like noise riser and just like those little details you know just to let you know yeah we're in we're in the main body we're in this part of the song now you know i think those little details again don't need to be loud or in your face but even if you don't consciously hear it you're going to feel it and, and notice it yeah it's like a connecting word in school in english <laughs> yeah. it's like however or yeah. you know moreover or you know so on and yeah that stuff that's what that moment is it's like we're moving now to yeah. a different part of it yeah we've built to this moment and here, yeah, we, are. here we are yeah yeah and it's like a breath it's more like it's subtle and yeah i think you did a great job actually oh, i don't think i've ever said that thanks mate i probably did actually i don't think i would it's just a, hear it. it's official now it's on tape notes yeah. so yeah, it's <laughs> official. and I, I guess a mention of school and the spelling we should mention no <laughs> Because you decided to take a kind of Prince approach to yes. to spelling for Letter, letter to, your to Your Next. I did. So I wanted, originally it was just Letter to Your Next written. And then, I mean, I think people would get that it links to Letter to Your Ex already, but I wanted to make it clear that there was a link. And that's why I put the brackets around X in the next, just so that they knew that the two stories linked together. Yeah. Yeah. I like all that continuity. Me too. So, and and it's interesting because you've got that, you know, in the spelling of the titles, but also within the music as well. We've already yeah. heard two connections between these two songs, yeah. you know, that it's an ongoing story and, and this is a way of telling it as well. Definitely. By making those things explicit, even though they might be subconscious at the time when people are listening. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, we should hear another quick blast of the master before we move on to the next song we're going to look at, which is Whatever Simon Says. Yes. I don't know you anything but woman to woman. 
see the video oh wow i can't wait <laughs> so that is letter to your next the next song we're going to look at is whatever simon says after a little break you may have heard us talk about tape it before and if you haven't then let me fill you in as they are the sponsor of today's episode with a fantastic offer for you tape it is an iphone recording app made by musicians for musicians Many of our guests on Take Notes, music industry friends and listeners rely on voice notes to record their early ideas. People like the Lumineers, Ezra Collective and Fred again have all shared recordings with us made on voice notes. But what you wouldn't have heard are the long pauses where they're searching for those recordings. We wouldn't want to put you through that. As you can understand, organising and finding the right notes, let alone a specific part, can be a nightmare. Tape It solves all of that voice memo chaos with intuitive labeling features, including automatic instrument detection, markers, and collaborative mixtapes, meaning you can share band practices, organize set lists, and brainstorm ideas with co-writers and band members. Plus, you can record straight from your lock screen and attach text and photo notes to each recording. One of our favorite features within Tape It Pro is that you can record in stereo using two microphones along with gentler dynamic compression to give a much more natural sound than any of the usual apps. It's a huge upgrade to the microphone and all-round audio quality. It really helps support the podcast whenever you engage with our sponsors. So if Tape It sounds like an app you'd use, then do us a favor. Pause the episode, head to the link in a recent episode show notes, or visit tape.it forward slash tape notes and give Tape It a go. That's tape.it forward slash tape notes. You can download for free or use the promo code tape notes for 50% off Tape It Pro. Thank you. And now on with the show. Did you do it? Honestly, Tape It is fantastic. All of the Tape Notes team members are complete converts. And excitingly, some of our guests have started to use it as well. So I really would recommend checking it out. The next song by Mahalia that we're going to look at is Whatever Simon Says. But before we get into that, I thought it'd be interesting to find out how you two came to work with each other. Well... So before we worked together, it turns out that me and Jordan had actually met quite a few times. Yeah. I just didn't know that we'd met that many times. So I work at this spot called The Dairy in Brixton quite a lot. And I used to be a smoker. I used to smoke cigarettes and I used to leave the studio and go outside and they have this little courtyard where I would kind of sometimes stand and have me fag. And I would bump into Jordan. You'd always be out there, but you don't smoke. No, I just... Go and take a call or something. It's a nice little little space. Yeah, Yeah. nice little patio. Yeah, and like everyone always like if anyone makes a cup of tea, that's where they go and hang out. So I think we like must have said hi a couple of times, chatted a couple. There was one time that we actually had a full blown chat. I think it was about a stussy. Oh yeah, you had a. He was wearing a stussy hoodie, and didn't I have the same one? Something like that, yeah. And I was like, oh my god, I have that hoodie. So we're just chatting, just kind of getting on, and then it was probably a few months later. I saw that I was in with JD Reed in my diary. I walked in, I obviously said, oh, 
And then I was like, God, nice to meet you. And then you were like, no, no, we've met. And then I went, oh God. So like, I actually think that massively helped with kind of how we went so easily into working because we just had like a couple Siggy tea chats yeah. about nothing, yeah. you know? And it's always, it's always difficult, I find actually with producers because you rarely see their faces unless you like follow somebody on Instagram or like know what they look like. Like I've walked into sessions many times and kind of been like, I've got no idea who I'm walking in to see. So it was really nice to walk in and I've already kind of done a little bit of, that you know, initial. small talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you'd broken the ice yeah, without realising, yeah, yeah. which is nice. So, I mean, Mahalia, you'd mentioned you kind of got started really very young yeah. and you're there singing with your guitar in the bathroom. <laughs> what about you, Jordan? When did you start getting involved in music? I started like making beats properly when I was 15. Like that was when it became a... Uh, an interest. I was in secondary school. There was loads of MCs there. I wanted to make grind beats for the MCs <laughs> at school. Where, yeah. Whereabouts was this? Oh, this is in Kentishtan. Right. So, yeah, from 15, I was doing piano lessons at the time. And then they started doing a, a music tech course in my school. So, yeah, from then, that was just like, that was my thing that I was really hooked on to. Like, I wasn't big on sports and that. So music was like my my focus. Think about it at school, go home, make beats all night, play a bit of video games. And yeah, I just kind of, yeah, just kept going from then onwards. Right. And did any of those MCs take your beats? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of them on there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Some brilliant ones. He's being modest. Oh, yeah. In the in the long run, I've had some good people. <laughs> yeah, but the yeah. school MCs, you know. I'm, I'm just imagining you making this beat, you know, putting it on a phone and then everybody crowding around the beat Literally, on the phone. That was yeah. in, in playground, the playground. People spitting on, on the beats in the playground. That was, yeah, the vibe back then. <laughs> but um, yeah, I did it at school, studied music tech in college, went to uni for it as well. And then after uni, went traveling for three months, came back and I was like, okay, I'm going to try and become a, a music producer. And here you are. Here, here I am is. now, yeah. yeah, obviously. Did my, my jobs alongside everything and my internships and tried to, you know, work in places where I was going to learn more about my craft and, and meet other people that are going to inspire me and I'm going to learn things from. I just kept my head on with it and now I'm able to be a music producer as my job, which is amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic, isn't it? Whatever Simon says is the next song we're going to look at and uh, maybe we should hear the, the master and dig in. I've never been a kind of girl to welcome your interest I heard that you like a little black dress so I wear red I've never been a kind of bitch to ever let a bitch get in my head so you should just say less Never done what Simon says Wear your makeup, make it look casual Wear your hair straight, actually natural That don't make no sense, honey I don't need saving, I am not a damsel But if your opinions are too much to handle Whatever, whatever I'm not gonna do with you If you like a girl that does what she's supposed to do And I don't Whatever, whatever I'm not gonna do with you I'm not that kind of girl If you like her, could you like me too Whatever, whatever am I gonna do Whatever, whatever Simon whatever. says, you're not gonna do it, Mahalia <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, a little warning, she's not gonna do it No, 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 no. I'll do whatever Jordan says, but not Simon <laughs> Not always easily, though <laughs> So where did this one begin? Um, so on this day, it was one of the rare sessions where I'd actually play beats for me. Normally yeah. we always go from scratch, but 
I think this was the first day we had actually where Max wasn't with us. Yeah. And it was me, you and Ben. And I was just like, do you know what? Let me just play some beats. Yeah. And yeah, this one just um, caught May's ear. She's like, yeah, let's just run with it. But um, I had the instrumental from a little while before. I'd been sitting on it for quite a while, actually. I just made it one afternoon. Are we able to hear that beat then? Do you yeah. still have that? I actually think it might have caught Ben. Remember? Yeah, for real, actually. He was like, I think you should jump on this one. Yeah, that's the great thing as well about him being my like main co-writer, but also my partner. He's always thinking about ways that I can grow, I suppose. So he heard this and he was like, you could do this. Because this is, it's not that it's different for me, but it just felt like a... I didn't immediately know how I was going to move on it. And then um, he was the one that was like, this is the one. I think with this kind of instrumental, you'd probably just expect the root of like quite a traditional like love R&B song. But the perspective you guys came on it was just like, yeah, different this angle. This is so pretty. There's quite a lot in there already. I mean, there's a lot of structure. Yeah. Um, you know, you go from the piano, now you've got the kind of the bass line there. I always kind of work beats up like... Yeah, I guess when I'm building them, I do think of song structure a lot of the time if the instrumental, I feel, lends itself to having a song on top of it at all. And I like to, you know, try and have something every 16 just to keep it moving, progressing. I like when the instrumental can take you on a journey on its own mm. because then when you put a song on top of it, then it's like a whole other thing. Yeah. And when you're making that, are you doing that all on your laptop or are you picking up any instruments? Uh, so this one is majority in the box but i have a hi-hat at home so <laughs> i've recorded my own hi-hats on it and i'm not a guitarist by any means but i have recorded some little guitar stabs on it as well which you can hear underneath there but yeah the rest of it is all completely just in the box that bass in that little drop down is so i didn't remember that it was in the original version yeah 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 so, um, yeah, that's just like a, a contact bass patch and I just try to play it on the keyboard as I think a bass player would. Yeah. There's so actually a lot in there. There is a in, lot in there. In um, the... It's such a lot of detail. It's not just a beat. Yeah. No. <laughs> Do you know what? It's funny you say that. My mum says to me all the time, she's like, don't call them just beats. They're not just beats. Like, <laughs> you can hear the details in them. I'm, like, all right. I'm with you, mum. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, you know, you heard that, you and Ben Mahalia and... In responding to it, you know, what are you going to do first? Are you going to start singing, just scatting stuff? Yes. So I always scat. We both scat, actually. So I'll, I think we're uh, both quite similar. I was always quite scared to scat in front of people because it's just really intimate. And it's like scatting is the space where you make the most mistakes because you're trying to find melody. I actually kind of more so in the last year have been working a lot with tune and like changing tune and I kind of, oh, I got Antares auto-tune and I started using it at home and seeing actually that, you know, it's not just a tool that can be used to make somebody sound like they're in tune. Actually, when it comes to scatting, sometimes I might sing a wrong note and because the tune corrects it, it takes me to a note that I wouldn't have heard. Mm. So I would always go in the booth, I would try some stuff, Ben would do the same. And then what we never do, we never sit and like choose melody. I've done that in sessions before and I, I find it tedious because it's like, who knows where it's going to go? Like we, 
we might choose. I remember he sang whatever, whatever am I going to do with you? He sang that part mm. and we loved that part. But then everything else just came. And the way that we write is we have a laptop and we'll both be thinking, I don't remember who it was, but somebody will go, and then we'll write. But it's really similar to how I explained I how I write on my own, line by line, so that you can always keep the melody moving around. So, I mean, all those little things that you're saying, you know, you're coming up with the tunes and then some of them are sounding starting to form words aren't yeah. <laughs> they and and then that's forming the lyric you know or, or, definitely yeah. definitely so with this i think the we always start with the verse some sometimes we might start with the hook if it comes naturally yeah but or we if didn't what, that thing that you sing out just feels like exactly the hook. Yeah. yeah yeah but we didn't know yet and i i don't know if we knew that it was going to be this kind of song you know i think we also all talk a lot so as we're going you're very involved. Like Jord always wants to hear what we're yeah. saying so that we're on the same page. And I imagine that that, well, the music's inspiring us and I suppose the lyric inspires sure. you and we move together. So we were just chatting. We were literally just kind of chatting it through, working out where we were going. And then that's how we kind of came up with the concept. And the concept of it really is that I think it came from a relationship that I was in before where I massively associated control with love. I was quite naive, I was about 20. And this guy that I was with was quite a lot older than me. And, you know, he would say things like, your hair looks better when it's out and natural. Don't wear wigs, don't wear weaves, you know, don't wear makeup, you look better when it's like this. And I like, for the whole time that I was with this person, I thought that that and him being like that and him being actually at times really controlling. And I can say that now on reflection. I thought that was him loving me. And it took me a year to go, actually, you're making me feel quite uncomfortable with myself. And and that's kind of where the song comes from. And I suppose the, the question of whatever am I going to do, it really was that feeling. It was, how the hell am I going to end this? And what am I going to do if you can't deal with the fact that I am not the woman that you are asking me to be? And... That's kind of how it came out. And the whole thing of, you know, whatever Simon says, I think we linked that in with it because just because of the game Simon says. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and I've been talking about that a lot recently. I've been doing quite a few interviews and some chats with younger girls who are asking me what I mean by that. Because, you know, that's a game that we grow up playing in school. And it's such an odd kind of game. Like, I get it. I would love if we could, you know, if we're going to continue to play that game with kids, maybe we change the name or we make it a name that could be a man or a woman. Because it's, I think we were just laughing about the fact that there's this game that exists that is about a man saying, you know, Simon says, put his hands up. And if Simon doesn't say it, you don't do it. And so all of those ideas formed whatever Simon says. Yeah. 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 I've yeah. also got your scratches here. <gasps> Excellent. So this, this would be the, the first <laughs> yeah, I've got the first reaction or a bit further down the this line? This will be like, I've just loaded up the instrumental for them and they're like, all right, run it, let's have a go. That's quite nerve wracking. <laughs> you scared to hear it, bro. God. 
that don't make me pretty or I don't need you, I don't need to I've been so down, you've been fucked too I don't need you My cheeks are hurting because I'm smiling so much This is so lovely We love that one and we never know, used it. So, we probably forgot about it. <laughs> Got carried what's away that with big, the What's that big wave there? Am I screaming? But so you see, John, so that first line, if you go back to the start of it, this. I've never been a girl to welcome your interest. So it's the same, uh-huh. it like follows the same thing. Mm. I got Ben's one too, but I don't know if he'll. <laughs> whatever, whatever am I gonna do? First thing he's saying. Pretty girl who does what she's supposed to. What am I gonna do with you? I'll compare with If you like her, can you like me too? Yeah. Whatever, whatever am I gonna do with you? Shout out, Ben, man. That's so lovely. Thanks for bringing me here. This is lovely. It's great, though. It's really interesting because it clearly illustrates this whole communication that's going on between the three of you mm-hmm. yeah. with regard to the beat uh, <laughs> that you created, Jordan, and then you know, the reaction and, and how you inspire each other and yeah. move on and move off each other. Yeah, because I remember him going in and the first thing he said was, whatever, whatever am I going to do with you? Mm. And in the room, we're like, oh, that's yeah. great. That's great. Yeah. yeah, it's really lovely. Like the, when people say, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. I don't believe that most of the time. I think actually when you when you love what you do, you're working even harder because you want to make it perfect and amazing and want people to love it but when I'm in the room with Jordan Max and Ben I don't feel like I'm working I just feel like I just feel like I'm swimming I just feel like I'm there and I'm moving and and nothing feels out of reach and you know we've made a couple songs that we kind of put in the bank and we go we might not ever use this but it doesn't mean it wasn't a brilliant day Mm. and I that's so hard to find it's so difficult to find that so even just listening to that, just like, yeah, like my, my cheeks were just hurting because that's just lovely to like remember how that came. Yeah. Yeah, and mad. we always finish, which is funny because I'm quite used to doing sessions where, you know, you'll be there for eight hours and you might get a verse and a chorus and then you'll leave it. But I because, don't to let them leave No, he doesn't. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. If I've not written a bridge, he goes, I'll <laughs> yeah. buy you dinner. If you just write the bridge. I feel like there's an unspoken sort of thing where a lot of artists like to get a verse and a chorus, but I'm like, I've <laughs> se- I've seen it many times where the song just never gets finished. So I'm like, just give me the second verse and then you can go, you know? Yeah. But um, I think a lot of that is if you're not really enjoying it. <laughs> That's a song about me, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> no, no but, you know, I'm only joking. No, no, but, no, but um, I do that. I do that all the time. I just, you know, well, because it's tedious sometimes. I think that's why I like... Songwriting should never feel like work. I feel like that um, culture is kind of quite mental at the minute. It's like, you know, you'll get songwriters coming in. I mean, not so much here, but like if I go to LA, I'll get songwriters coming in the room and they've got another session at five o'clock. So they're just trying to write the words and do whatever. That's not 
the stamp that I'm trying to make, you know, it's stories, it's conversations. When it hits eight o'clock, we get a bottle of wine and we keep going until we are all happy. And I think that's, I think that's so hard to find. Yeah, in some cases as well though, like just actually getting that, that second verse, you, it might just put the whole song in perspective sometimes, just having more of a, a complete thing to take with you, look at it, reflect on it and then, you know. Yeah. 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 So what happens next? You know, so already, I mean, you created the beat, yeah. amazing response from the two of you. And are you going to rewrite anything, replay anything? Or, or Yeah, so normally like we'll get the the guide vocal from the session on the day down and then I'll always take the project home and, you know, just start working on detail on the beat. Like um, I'll normally go back to the drums first and just tighten up grooves a little bit, like nudge things a little, just so that I'm, I'm making sure that everything feels... It's really about like, yeah, the feel of the instrumental for me, like the bounce has got to be sitting right, the groove's got to be right. So I'll always look at the the relationship between the drums as a whole and the bass, first of all, and then just where all the melodic synth elements sit around the song that's being formed now. And if I don't feel like it's progressing enough as the song goes on or there's not you know, it could just be lifted a little bit in places, then I'll start to think about, okay, what details can I add on the second chorus? Like, maybe we should hold this guitar here and, and bring it in a bit later in the tune. Maybe, you know, this sound to have some more reverb on it and this one should be a bit drier, like more at the front, you know, mm -hmm. just start to, yeah, take a step back, look at the song as like a bigger thing than just a vocal and an instrumental now. Mm. And so while you're doing that, at the same time, Mahalia, are you thinking about the song, thinking about... What do I want to say in this song? Are you working on, yes. on lyrical ideas? Yes. So that when you return to each other, mm -hmm. um, you're both full We're of ready it. ready to go. Yeah. 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 So Jordan will stay doing stuff at the laptop. Sometimes Max will like also just add, like start adding in layers on guitar, yeah. doing other stuff. And then you'll just hear me go, George, I'm going to go in. And then I go in and second verse. So and me and me and Ben... Sometimes it changes, but most of the time we move quite quickly, probably because we like we write very similarly now, yeah. especially because we work together a lot. So he knows what I want to say and I really trust his ideas. So we will move quite quick and it will just be a case of saying to George, I'm ready mm. for the second verse. or I'm ready to sing the hook now. And then we always go mental on BVs. Yeah. BVs is my favourite thing to do ever. Like I literally. Like BVs too, yeah. So since I was a kid and George really lets me kind of do whatever I want. You actually get some really lazy producers when it comes to vocals who don't really mm -hmm. care about that stuff. And I'm like, I think people forget that the voice is a instrument. Mm. There's so much and so much texture that I can add just from my mouth. So we spend quite a lot of time doing that and the boys hang out and we just I don't go know crazy. if I've said it to you before, but the reason why I think I love doing BV so much is because like early 2000s R&B in particular, yeah. those middle eights, the <laughs> over the top middle eights of all the BVs and like extra chords, all that stuff, that's like some of my favourite. So being able to pull a bit of that into like music now, especially when making R&B, that's like both our references yeah. for that sort of sound. So it's nice to try and bring those elements into yeah. the music we're making now. Yeah, well, it would be great to be able to hear them. I mean, maybe we should hear the main vocal first and then... The BVs, or because that would be the way it would For come sure. around. These are actually um, Jeff's ones. I 
I've never been a kind of girl to welcome your uh, Yeah, so then what happens after I'll take it away and I'll re-vocal the whole thing with my vocal engineer right. and then get them all to Jordan just to kind of make sure that it's all tidy. what Simon says Wear your makeup, make it look casual Wear your hair straight, actually natural That don't make no sense, honey I don't need saving I am not a damsel But if your opinions are too much to handle Whatever, whatever am I gonna do with you? It's nice Supposed to do it's also finding the pockets in the right places to do them is like key as well it's not just the notes you know and i always i tend to do my bvs extremely airy it's almost like i'm creating my own valhalla shimmer yeah you know <laughs> this is my favorite my <laughs> whatever so that's you john yeah that's yeah, so we felt like yeah the chorus could just do with a little a little extra something so i never really get to use my talk box on anything because <laughs> i find it it's just one of those things that's like i love the sound of it but it's hard to actually find a place for it in a lot of music we're not all like roger troutman you know so <laughs> um yeah it was just nice i got the opportunity to just so pretty i love it yeah. the best thing was that just a sidebar that links to that i did a show the other day and I sang whatever Simon says and and I got to the end and I got to my part, whatever, whatever am I gonna do with you? And then the crowd went, whatever, <laughs> which was really nice to hear that like they could hear that. And that's why like, because you added that, I think after the session, yeah. that's why those things are so lovely because it's, it's a small thing. Clearly they're connecting with it and thinking, yeah, that is great. It's a part. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, exactly. I love the BVs in the um, bridge. I feel like that was, I think it's in the bridge. Pennies on pennies, pounds on pounds. When I didn't really want you, turn my heart on my pockets inside out. If you didn't know I was your sponsor, you know now. I was never going to fit into your mode. I was never going to do as I was told. I was never... Guess I was never gonna give you what you want. I was never gonna act. Oh, you can hear that chop there. You try make me, I never stay. I'd never stay, so whatever, whatever am I gonna do with you? I just love I love backing vocals. It's mad because it's like you've got you use like different voices as well within the BVs. So we'll be like put on the, different the, the super soft yeah. one, yeah. It's almost like a few different people doing the BVs, but it's all just yeah, May's voice. So. But I think, how, how many Mays are on that? Oh, uh, I mean, on that, actually, not as many as some. Like, I, well, I just take them really seriously, I think. Like, sometimes I'll shout. Sometimes I'll, you know, I was never going to give you what you want. I was never. I don't always love getting male vocals on. I think sometimes it can sound too much um, like a man is singing. I also really love, like, my mum... She's got such a beautiful, beautiful voice. And she sang when I was a kid. Well, she still sings now, but her and my dad both sing. And she kind of had this really special, like jazzy voice. And she would, when she would sing low, I thought it was so beautiful. There's something about a female voice low that mm -hmm. I think just sounds really special on track. So I always try and get as much as I can. And then I'll try and do the octave. Stretch it as far <laughs> as Which can, can be hilarious to watch. <laughs> 
and to listen to. Um, but there are loads of voices. You know, there's the kind of iconic R&B, like kind of whispery tone. And then there's nasal tone. Nasal tone, I probably wouldn't have put in this song, but it's really good to create depth amongst PVs. And then you want to kind of come in with the lows, but they all all add different textures. I think that's why I, why I was saying what I was saying about the voice being an instrument, because you can create so much warmth with just, you know, like changing how your mouth opens or changing, you know, where the sound is coming out of. And I've always found that really interesting. Ever since I was a kid and my dad taught me to use Logic, all I wanted to do was do BVs. Wow. Yeah. How old were you then? 14. Right. When 14. I first started using Logic. And your dad teaches you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are the days. Um, I might want to ask you about your involvement in the production, but maybe we'll look at that on the next song. But are you, would you be able to build up through this song? Yeah, for sure. Explaining the parts as you are. Yeah. Have them? So this instrumental actually came based around this little string section that is still in the beat. So like I was saying earlier, I like to, you know, reduce the quality of things. So I use this plugin called Lossy, which just basically allows you to reduce the bit rate of samples. Um, so from that, I built up the chords around it. So this was basically how the beat started. Jordan? Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, man. So yeah, started off with some just like road sounds, layered it with a piano, two layers of piano actually, which has got the, the tape saturation plug in that cassette and uh, lossy again as well. And then after that, I would have, um, yeah, I would have put this break in it and then layered it with my own hi-hats. And slowly building up the drums. Because I'm I'm using this, it's all like audio clips, so I'm just trying to make it feel as close to like someone actually playing a drum kit as mm. possible. Making it feel quite natural as well, not too on the grid. I always like I'm nudging hi-hats or putting them in loosely. Yep, so there's the, just the 808 under everything. Sometimes with these, like, the notes are so low and there's not much, like, definition in the mid or high end of the bass, but I used to love it when you'd go somewhere, hear a song that you've heard, like, on a car radio, and then you discover that it's got this, like, mad sub underneath mm. it, because it's like, oh, different that's the what they've been hiding from us. I love that feeling. So I'm always trying to put that in somewhere. But I've also layered that with a synth bass as well, just to give it some some like mid-definition. God, I can really hear those strings now. I don't think I've ever clocked them. <laughs> and then that little synth line that you can hear in there is a few layers of my micro Korg, which I think is quite a slept-on synth, actually. People kind of get onto it. I think it's got this reputation of being a bit like entry-level. 
but <laughs> you can get some crazy sounds out of it. Like, I love it. So yeah, second verse is when this bass guitar comes in. I would genuinely think that somebody was playing that. Mm, yeah. So yeah. this is just, um, it's a, a contact patch, Rickenbacker bass. And yeah, just, it sounds like the real, the real thing if you, if you play it in a way like a, a bass player would, I think. I have like a, a couple plugins that I always put on my bass as well. So I use the UAD Empirical Labs Distressor and the Pool Tech. And like that is any time I put bass in anything, those two in that order is like always on my chain because it's just like instantly fattens up basing and mm. makes it feel like rich, warm as you want it to. <laughs> Again, this one's got the rain in it as well. I love that. But, but. And then these strings that you can hear are some Spitfire strings. Little harp swell to go into the chorus. It's just all thinking about like little details that are just gonna... The production's gorgeous. Thank you. Yeah, so this is my um, my attempt at being a guitarist, but <laughs> I kept it simple. So, you know, it just, just slots in, it feels yeah. good. And then, yeah, the last element that I added after the vocals there is this talk box part. And yeah, that is pretty much the instrumental. And then on top of all that, you have Mahalia. Yeah. This is it. Dancing around. <laughs> when I didn't really want you, turn my heart on my pockets inside out. If you didn't know I was your sponsor, you know now. I was never gonna fit into your mode. I was never gonna do as I was told. I was never. Guess I was never gonna give you what you want. I was never gonna act a certain way. And if you try make me, I never stay. I never stay so Whatever, whatever I'm not gonna do with you If you like a girl that does what she's supposed to do And I don't Whatever, whatever Simon says Fantastic I love the contrast in a way Because it's quite a sultry number really In terms of how so, the music sounds But actually, you know, it's gritty Yeah In terms of what you're saying That is what Ben said Ben heard it and Ben said this is sexy mm. And you should do it So we thought that we were going to write a sexy song which I think we did, but just in the way that, yeah, like yeah. in a yeah. kind of way that's like sexy for myself. Yeah, well, there's also a twist to it. It's, yeah. it's, it's, there's a challenge to it. Yeah. In the same way that, you know, you, you hear the music and you get a certain preconception about what kind of a song this is going to be. In the same way that you were explaining, Jordan, how, you know, you kind of thought maybe it would be a, a love song, and, you know, that it would lend itself to that. But then Mahalia comes in. Different perspective, yeah. yeah. Makes it feel like a whole other thing. Excellent. Very good. We're going to take a break, but we'll be back and we're going to go in the club. The next song we're going to look at is In the Club. But before we start that, I, I, we mentioned Logic. Your dad showed you Logic, Mahalia, yes. when you were 14. Yeah. When it comes to getting involved in the production, do you get involved or do you have Jordan here because Jordan's involved doing that? Most of the time, not actually so much. I think like we all kind of, we all throw ideas around. Mm. And like certainly if Jordan plays something that I love, I'll, I'll be vocal about that. But I don't really ever play anything or like get 
kind of physically involved but we do because we're close and we talk a lot you know I obviously don't know all the terminology either, so I can say to George can we make it warmer and he'll just know what I mean or or I'll say you know I feel like the sub is doing something weird or that yeah. bass is doing something weird so I can hear it from a musical level but I don't George knows what he's doing yeah, yeah. so I really really trust him to kind of for me to kind of say the primary school version of it and then him to go okay I get what you mean and um even more recently we, we've been working on one of the songs from the album and we've been like chatting about it a lot and like what it needs and where we can go with it so I don't always know what it needs technically but I know what it needs to make me feel great about it you're yeah. definitely yeah. able to like paint the picture of what it is you mean with words anyway so yeah, <laughs> I'm, yeah. A, I'm always able to yeah but also it means you've got some kind of working knowledge of, of the process, you know, yes. what's involved in, in how we record these days you know, yeah. and, and how that works because you've tried it, you've done it. Yeah. Know? Yeah, like I'll definitely get involved where I'll be like, you know, what if we bring in a bit of percussion here? Maybe the bass could drop there. Maybe we have the drop there. Like I think I get involved more in, in structure as opposed to the production of it. Yeah, mm. and I'm leaning on May for guidance with the structure as well because like, obviously they're just flinging out ideas while they're writing. It's like, okay, is this where, you know, we need to go to the chorus? Or yeah. Is this where the verse starts? Yeah. Or? Right. Well, In the Club is the next song. And this is different again. I mean, this is interesting, this one. I'm done with living in places where I recognise So many faces I'd rather leave behind People who would see me in the street and not say hi But then they see some success, so they call me Tell me that they impressed, they want a part of it Huh, you want a part of it? Well, I don't want your number or your company That's why I'm gonna be the first one to leave your party for the club Bottle full of bub, that's because you made a mess and it cannot be undone I'm into making friends, I am into making love You can take your hugs, you can take it But don't come find me in the club Bottle full of bub, look babies, you made a mess So a little conscious nod to 50 Cent. Yes. And I love this kind of conversation you've got with music in a way. <laughs> I think that's great. These conversations within your own songs, with other songs, but also with the whole history. Yeah. No, it's yeah. great. Thank you. I definitely, I definitely do have that. I think with this one, it was a similar thing. I think, again, because me and Ben, you know, we're like chatting all the time about, we're not really even chatting about song concepts, but we're just chatting about life and things that are going on and there was a thing that was going on in both of our lives with shitty friends and we came into the studio that day I think it was actually going on that day and then we got in and it was the four of us it was me Ben Jordan and Max first session we've actually had together oh my god it was it was the first day first time so that was obviously the day that I realized I knew George yeah and we had this session and it just like just really flowed yeah I feel like I remember Ben singing 50 Cent in the club, like in the room. And yeah. we all started laughing. And then of course I was like, yeah, let's just do it. We didn't go into it thinking let's sample in the club 50 Cent. We we were writing Came it. further down the line. Yeah. Definitely, and yeah. then we were like, yeah, let's do it. I think sometimes, you know, sampling a huge song like that, particularly because we're not sampling it in the music, we're sampling it in the lyric and in the vocals. So like when someone says the idea, it makes sense that everybody laughs because it can feel so wacky mm. at mm. the time. But I think I'm always the one to be like, yeah, 
why not? Let's just run let's just it. run with it. Well, it's a reference, isn't it? It's a quote, no, yeah. as you would quote anything in a speech or anything. It would just come in. It comes in naturally, and you use it because it has multiple references exactly. you know, itself. You no, know, it, so it means different things. Yeah, in different ways. Yeah, when I'm writing, I always have a thing. I think about making something quite shitty pretty, and so. You know, we were talking about bad friends and like, you know, kind of getting rid of people. And I, but I wanted to keep it fun. And I think that was the, that was the vibe with the, in the club chorus. Mm, yeah. yeah. It kind of conjures up the good times that yeah. we've had. <laughs> While also talking about the bad times. Um, so what happened? The four of you are in the room. Do you remember? So before actually you and Ben arrived, I was there with Max in the live room. Where, where oh, yeah. is this? By so the way? this is in uh, in strong room, right? That's where we work. Yeah, that's where we work most of, most of the time. So yeah, before they arrived, we were in the live room. We were like, all right, let's just play around with some chords, and then at least when they come, you know, we got some ideas to you know just play and see if there's anything. And if not, then we go from scratch anyway. But it's just nice sometimes, like especially when it's the the first session with somebody, you just want to have you know just something that you know you can play just to like. Just get a feel for the person that you're going to be working with because, you know, I think that's really like the key thing is just like finding a common ground on a personal level, mm. resonating over some chords, like some sounds. What have you been listening to? What am I into? You know, like just in that short space that you get talking at the start of a session, trying to get, yeah, just something from the people. And, um, yeah, we prepared these chords and I think we might have played you a couple of other chords first and then May and Ben like these ones. So yeah, it just started with that guitar loop just going round. Just this. Which at the time would have just sounded like this actually. So yeah, that's Max. And then um, we had that going on a loop and then I just started to build up some percussive stuff around that whilst me and Ben started writing a verse together. I yeah, like, I don't actually think we scattered on that session. I think we just started writing. I've got here, I've got or maybe we did. a guide, but I don't know if it's like, I think this is just... Living in places where I recognize too many faces I'd rather leave behind. Yeah, so yeah, we were so writing. We had the ideas and so in this room that we work in, we, we obviously have the live room with the booth. But we have like a little Shure SM7 in the room so that I can like just hold it and sing. So we we wouldn't have scattered this day because it was our first time meeting you. Bottle full of bub, that's because you made a mess and it cannot be undone. I'm Duh. making that's different. So yeah, this is the one that May will do before she goes into the booth to cut the guide vocal properly. Just, you know, that thing we were saying earlier about you trying to get the whole verse out at least once or twice before you then go in the booth and do it. Leave through the lows and try stay for the highs. Love to the people who are steady in my life. And you are not them back friend, no. Real ones don't come and go like trans, no. Pick me up, then drop me off like Ranto. You decided before. That's so interesting. And you see this, how I'm singing. Is this a different style for you? Because it's yeah. a kind of a almost a rap. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's so different. Can you hear it? Yeah. You can take your hugs. You can take your love, but don't come find me in the club. 
It does feel this actually feels more a lot more rappy than yeah. the final version as I well. I think Don't go find me in a club. That's kind of <laughs> hard. That style, that style is very much influenced by Ben. So when I was younger, I used to I mean, I actually really kind of love that way of moving anyway. I was really massively into poetry when I was a kid. And my brother is a rapper and spoken word artist and I used to write with him a lot. So I think I'm able to move like that. I just think that I don't know how to get there on my own and like I would I would probably sing it. So if it was me, I might go, you can pick and choose when you're on my side. Leave through the lows and try stay for the high. Whereas he'll go, this might not sound different because I know the song now, but he'll go, you can pick and choose when you're on my side. Leave through the lows and try stay for the highs. He'll like make me pocket. push it differently. Like there's that bit in the, um, it's in the first verse. I'm done with living in places where I recognize too many faces I'd rather leave behind. <laughs> this is a better example, so I'll go. But then they see some success, so they call me, tell me that they impressed. And he'll go, no, 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 I want you to go. But then they see some success, so they'll call me, tell me that they impressed, they want to... Like, he'll, like, throw in things like that, that really give it that kind of... Um, That's where the feeling comes from. Yeah, right? like, it just kind of makes it a bit different. And I think that that, like, way of moving... I think is so interesting and, and I don't think you, you like see that as much in R&B. I think you get really brilliant R&B singers. And, you know, I was so massively influenced by hip hop when I was a kid. So blending those two worlds together, I actually think I've always done. You know, I've got songs from before, like I Wish I Missed My Ex and a song called Never Change that I made when I was about 17 that really bring those two kind of worlds of R&B hip hop and make them cross over. And um, he really brought that out of me, which is cool. I think it's a really, really cool way of moving. Harder to sing on stage and harder to kind of get the breath, but really fun, you know? Mm. And you hear that because it's kind of, it doesn't stay on one note, but it moves around like the like same kind of five or six notes. And that's definitely not kind of how most co-writers or people that I've worked with have moved. He was like, you can stay here and, and still say everything you want to say and keep it really strong. And I think that's what you want as an artist. I think you want people around you who are going to go, you can do that and you can do it really well. And it doesn't take away from your artistry, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. So now we're back in the strong room. Yeah. I mean, I've got this really strong picture now of, <laughs> of you with the sure mic in your hand. Yeah. Uh, everybody's in the room, you're listening to the song, you're singing, and then, you know, did you need to develop it further? When did you decide, right, I can go in the booth now? Or, you know, was the song much more fleshed out? So I did, we went section by section and I did each section on the mic, on the little shore mic. Yeah. And then whilst we're doing that, Jordan's building. And then at the end of the session, I went into the booth and did the vocals, which doesn't always happen like that. But I think this time we kind of wanted to go slowly so that we could get the whole song. Yeah. I don't think we had a bridge on the first session. No, the, on the first session, it was just the chords just went round again in that in that bridge section. And we were like, okay, we'll come back to do the bridge on another day. And then I think we came back, you recorded a bridge on the original chords. Yeah, and then we and changed then them. I've changed the chords afterwards in that right. section. But yeah, whilst May and Ben are writing the tune, my goal is to like, get this in enough of a place by the time she's ready to get in the booth that's like once she's done her vocal it's going to feel like enough of a song to take home and 
for me to listen to, enjoy it, feel good about it, and then I can then go in and do all the details later on. But I think the main body of everything was there after that mm -hmm. that first day. Pretty productive first day. Yeah. Yeah. On first meeting. Yeah. It doesn't well. always go like that. So it's like it's a really nice feeling when just the energies in the room align and you're able to come out with something. You're like, wow, that was. We That's did that it. today. That was sick. Yeah. yeah. But also bearing in mind that you know this is a first meeting, and yet you are doing things that you wouldn't normally do no. as well. Which is so that's kind of a brave first step to kind of write. Well, you know, I'm comfortable enough to push myself into something new. Yeah, you know? yeah. Sure. And I think that would have been one of like one of my early sessions with Ben because we were also just kind of starting to work together in the studio. So. It was a safe space. I think we all realised that really quickly. And it's funny because we're all actually quite different people. Like we all, but but we all make sense together. And yeah, it's like everybody brings something else into the room. And the thing about making music is that it isn't really just about the music. It's about the connection. It's about, you know, sure. all being on the same wavelength at all times. It's, you know, Ben and George are quite similar in in the way they speak they're both from london and they both kind of chat like boys so you guys are like giggling and like talking and ben's like getting up and dancing and max is the sweetest guy ever and like he's he kind of stands back he actually really reminds me of like my dad's got this brilliant personality where he can like he's sometimes the quietest guy in the room but when he wants to say something he'll say it and everybody listens and i mm -hmm. feel like max has that where like you know, he sits on his chair, he plays his guitar and he's there with us. He's just kind of a bit quieter. Yeah, but also like the, with this kind of thing, like Max coming in as a guitarist really yeah. on this session, he's normally just an artist in his own right. So, you know, I think... A brilliant one. Yeah, an amazing artist. So, it's, you know, it was like a new space for him to be in. May and Ben are in a new space. It's my first time working in the room with all this group of new people too. So we were all just, learning. Yeah, we're all learning. We're all there to try and bring the best out of each other and and try to push ourselves into a space that we haven't been in before. Because I think that's when like the best stuff comes up, yeah. and we're like, we're all yeah, just there's, trying to take it further. There's always one person in the studio that gets on your nerves, regardless of anything, right? Any studio that I've been in, it could be the engineer, it could be the producer, it could be a musician, it could be the co-writer, it could be the top liner, could be the runner. Somebody in that room is pissing you off. And in this room, no one is. And I think that's what it is. It's like everybody's character is so different, but no one's getting on my nerves. You know, and then we stop and Max goes to Pret and gets his sandwich and Ben goes with him to get his sandwich and me and you order chicken. And, and then at the end of the day, when we've got this brilliant song, we all have a glass of wine and we talk and we talk about your life and we were all learning how to make music together, but then also just learning how to be together. Cause that's a huge part of it. Like actually liking each other. And we've like done things since we went for dinner. We like really are trying to build this group of four, fantastic four, you know? <laughs> yeah. We've got a session on, we, yeah. <laughs> we've got a session on Monday, Tuesday. And like, it's when I have a session with Jordan, Max and Ben, it's just, it's the best part of my week, which is that's really, nice yeah. Cheers You're me. welcome. Which Likewise. Is, <laughs> but it's really rare to find that. Mm. And so, but yeah, it's, it was all a learning curve, definitely for me. 
So, yeah. Sorry, that was a bit of a spiel. But No, no, no. It's great. It's great. I feel that we're lucky because we're kind of catching you at this right moment, you know, that, that has so much promise yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, because clearly you're fired up by what you've created with this new EP, mm-hmm. working on the album. Yeah. Lots of things going on <laughs> and, and a lot of fun to be had as well. Yeah. You know? Loads of fun. We have yeah, loads man. of fun. No, it's, it is nice when, you know, you can just work with people that you actually get on with and... I firmly believe that when everybody is comfortable with each other in the room, that is when everyone feels they're most free to really like let all their ideas out and and create something that's like meaningful, you know. Mm-hmm. So what happened next? So we had the guitar first and foremost going around, and then yeah, I would have just started to build up a drum groove. I would have started with. I would have just been playing off the guitar with this these percussion parts, basically. I'll just bring in bits bit by bit so you can hear. This would have been like the order, I guess. So I wanted these drums to just basically feel like like hip-hop drums, you know, like some DJ Mustard or like a Roddy Rich tune, that kind of... Because the guitars felt real summery to me, so I feel like the drum groove just needed to feel like some, you know, like house party, mm. barbecue, you know, that sort of, that sort of feel. And yeah. How many more sessions did you do? So after this first day... What do you mean on this song? On this song, yeah. Oh, just one more. To finish the bridge. Yeah, just for the bridge, that was it. Right. So we did one more session to finish the bridge and, and then it was basically done. And that's kind of what's been happening, I think, with us is that we just finish songs, which is like really, really rare. Like every session we've done, the song that's come out has gone into either the CP or onto the album mm. list. Which is, which is mad. Jordan's yeah. saying, no, you can't go now. You've got to, you yeah. Yeah. We can't go until we've got this yeah, bridge. Got One time he bought me a burger because I was hungry and I wanted to have dinner. And he said, I'll buy you dinner if you just finish the bridge. I was like, okay. And, and you did. <laughs> the tune probably would have got finished, to be fair. But I just like it for myself as well to be able to leave the day and just, yeah, just have it mm. there. But looking at um, all the elements that are here, this is all, like, it's mixed a bit better now, but it was all pretty much in before Maze got into the booth. So I just got Max to play some additional, like, guitar licks on top and um, build it up as the song went on. And also, like, I've got him to play his guitar and then he's got a pedal that pitches things down. So this is his guitar, but, like, being used as, like, a, a layer against the bass and stuff. We also made use of the live room to record the piano in there too. They've got a beautiful, beautiful piano in that room. And who's playing the piano? That's me playing the piano, yeah. Again, with the tape saturation on it, just trying to make it sound a little more lo-fi. And then, yeah, so with the, the bridge part, May recorded, yeah, her vocal over the original chords, but then I just spent some time at home just like, just figuring out 
a way to keep them feeling in the same world, but just like a little variation on them. And then when he did that, I then added this like mad BV climb. Do you have that, I wonder? Should do. Because of what he did, I was like, oh, there's something that we can do there to kind of have an ascending BV part, which is like a six part BV. And then I go in and I do all the ad libs and do all the fun stuff. Mess again! <laughs> and that, what's that lovely sound? So it's like a. Again, this is something that was added after, just like, it's an ARP I love that. in CS80, one of the arterial like, plugins that remodel old simps. Mm. And then if you unsolo it, I just love how it feels. Another one of those things, just like as the tune progresses, trying to just add in those little details to make it feel like we're still moving, something's still yeah. happening, yeah. even right up until the end of the tune. <laughs> this one was fun because there's like there was a lot of spaces to like be quite playful with the production, like drop the perks here, little snare yeah. out there, cut here just to keep it bubbly and moving. And what I will say is that when we met, because I remember having a chat with you about it, I think I was in a space where I'd kind of, I think I'd got a bit lost. I'd kind of gone off of my tracks. I think that came really from COVID and not not being able to have FaceTime with people and not being able to be in the room. And when I met George, I basically told him, like, I started this whole game by, you know, vocal and guitar. And I think guitar was, well, I decided that I wanted to go back to that. And I wanted to kind of come back to that world that I loved so much when I first started making music. And I kind of got lost in the R&B world because I felt like that's kind of what I was being told to do. I think that's why I think what we're making is like really great British R&B, which is totally different to American R&B. And it, to me, it feels exciting. I think making all of this music was just quite a special time for me to kind of feel like I was back in tune with myself. And that's why it was important to bring Max in, to have somebody who could, I can play a little bit and Ben can play as well, but we wanted somebody who could really move around on mm. the guitar and um, not even take me to a new world, take me to the world that I was missing a little bit. Yeah, reconnect with the person who got involved in the music. Exactly. In the first place, yeah. You know, who's there at home with a guitar, writing exactly. some songs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's one of the, I guess, the downsides of being recognised at such a young age yes. is that you know you're a young girl in a big world where you defer to other people, yeah, all the time yeah. because because you're you're still young, you're still like well, yeah, because when you're a kid, you're you're saying yes, sir, to your teachers, mm. you're saying yes to your parents, you're saying like everything you're doing, you. You're a child and your kind of role as a child is to let everybody else take the lead. And I think that meant that when I got signed, I didn't, you know, everybody was saying to me, if you can't be the driver, then do you really want this? And I was kind of going, 
yeah, I do want it, but I've got no idea or no experience of being the driver. I can't drive either. So it really took me a few years. And even now I'm still learning how to say no and be able to say what I want in a session. But it's good to work with people that don't make you have to do that. Yeah. Or, you know, or don't question you when you say, this is what I want to do. Sometimes they'll challenge me on something, but rarely, mm. you know? Yeah, I think it's interesting, the present whole presentation of, of the world of R&B. Yeah. You know, it's almost as if we see the performance, we see the video, yeah. but we don't necessarily see the nuts and bolts of how it's all worked out. Whereas yeah. in other genres, we see a person with their instrument. We can see that, oh, it begins with them and them playing their instrument and then then they take to a stage and they get some other musicians involved whereas yeah. you no know, we kind of get the video get the performance on a tv very, show or something very and, clean mm. and that's probably what i always struggled with a little bit was that i was expected to be quite clean and i don't really know how to be i'm like all you've got to do is come to a live show and you'll see how goofy i am you know and i really struggled with that for a long time because i thought i'm not the the girl who's going to stand on stage still in a pretty white dress and sing songs. I'm just completely not that person. And and I felt like I was getting lost in that in all aspects of my um, artistry, but in my music as well. And with all this music, that's why I've made a conscious decision to co-direct the videos and make them all really lo-fi, really small budgets, really small teams, because I want it to feel like it could be anybody in that video. Like I could be your neighbor, I could walk into your off license, I could be your friend's best mate or whatever. And like, I think that's, this feels like a new wave of who I am. It definitely feels like a Mahalia 2.0 and it feels like I'm just starting to understand what I wanna leave in this world, you mm. know, when I go. Um, and yeah, I think the lo-fi thing is really important to me to just, want every kid who wants to do it to feel like they can do it. You've not got to pay 40 grand for a video and you've not got to pay for the, I mean, Strong Room is a brilliant studio that's very expensive, <laughs> but you've not got to, you don't have to do that. You can create things with your friends and Jordan, Max and Ben happen to be my friends yeah. now. Yeah, these tunes started in, in the studio, but a lot of them were just made at home as well, you know? Yeah. A lot of work was done on them. Everything was completed going through yeah. at home set up. And this majority all in here, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating to find out all about it. Um, <laughs> we always ask everybody who comes on Take Notes a couple of questions. We're going to move towards those questions in a minute, but is there anything else we should hear from in the club and maybe we could build our way through to the master? Yeah, let's, uh, let me just build up through the stems for you. Yeah, so Max doing his thing on guitar, who I will also say actually... He's a great person for me to work with as a guitarist because we share really similar taste in chords. Yeah. So often Same. we're like, I can't find the right note or he can't find the right note. Between the two of us, we come to a place where we're like, yeah, that's it. So that's, yeah, that's really great to have. So yeah, he always put my, my little tag, tag there. A little... Let's add these drums then. <laughs> it's a cool tag as opposed to JD Reed on the beat. <laughs> I used to have one that said my name, but now I just use, <laughs> I use the sound. It's a little more subtle. So yeah, drums and bass building it up. 
Second verse. Second verse, all fairly simple really, just about the drums, the groove, bass, the guitar, and then we've got this little additional. Little additional harmony in the guitar there that comes in. Just added in some layers of synths following the chords as well, just to thicken it up for this chorus. And Max's pitch down guitar, just to fill out the bass a little for this section. There's also the, the live piano record un underneath this. And then we're coming to the middle eight section. Yeah, so just finding pockets for like the just extra synth notes just for some fill just to feel like we're building moving into this last last chorus section and then slowly like automating in that um csat arp as well so it feels like we're just like swelling right up until the end of the final chorus Also, this time we got uh, ambience from the beach underneath. <laughs> can you isolate that? Yeah. Like you can hear it's so quiet in there. But there's like little bits where you'll hear like a little ah or something, but it, <laughs> yeah. it adds to the groove of the whole thing. And then May's vocal to round it off, even though we're at the end of the tune, but... Yeah. yeah, we've got to have another little bit of vocal. Yeah. <laughs> rewind, rewind. Yeah. I'm done with living in places where I recognize so many faces I'd rather leave behind. People who would see me in the street and not say hi. That bass there as well is another example of what I was saying earlier. Just like you're not really going to hear that through the car stereo, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the stage, hearing it out somewhere else, you're gonna mm. feel that from it too. Club, in Mahalia club. and JD Reed. So we always ask everybody who comes on Take Notes a couple of questions. And the first of those is, is a technical one, a favourite piece of kit, something that you can't create without or something that you couldn't abandon if the place went on fire? Ah, oh, one piece. Yes. Can it be an instrument? Yes. Yeah, it can be, be anything. No. It would have to be my guitar. Definitely. Just because... To record, I'd need a bunch of different bits. So I think it'd be my guitar. If I couldn't play and sing, I think I'd be very upset. My guitar. What would right. yours be? Well, I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can tell you like a plugin that I love using that's across everything on here. And that is the Waves Factory cassette. I feel like that is on pretty much every instrumental that I've made for quite a while now. And what does that do? So this is, uh, it's like that tape saturation plugin that I've been talking about a lot. It just basically 
allows you to add flutter and and wow to any sound you choose to put it on you can add a bit of noise little like glitches you can flick through like different tapes and it just gives things um just a texture that is not there sometimes when you load up just a synth and it's just like a a stock preset or something just adding this to it just gives it a little bit of just makes it feel a bit more real like it's mm. it's gone through something you know mm. a bit warmer richer yeah yeah so the other question that we always ask everybody is about advice whether you have uh, accumulated advice over the years <laughs> through your experiences or whether you were given advice by somebody that's always stuck with you that you would want to pass on to other people. When I was 13, I supported Ed Sheeran at Hammersmith Apollo, which was obviously a, a massive deal. And I remember I've never actually told anybody, but I'm sure it's fine now because it's 10 years on and no one cares anymore. But I remember just chatting to him and he looked at me and I think I was moaning about something and he looked at me and he just said, don't listen to the label. And I said, okay. And I actually have a great relationship with my label and with the people that I work with. But I think what he was trying to say was, listen to yourself. And obviously I was young and he knew that and he knew that I was a bubba. And I like what we just talked about where I wasn't really listening to myself. I didn't know what I wanted, but now I take that advice really seriously you know, and not listening to the label doesn't mean that you don't have a great relationship. It means that you are the artist and you you are there for a reason and your voice can't be the quietest in the room, you know. So I would just always say stick to your guns because most of the time your guns are always right. So we get a kind of two bits of advice there yeah. for, in a way because we've got Ed's <laughs> words of wisdom and, and your own interpretation. Um, what about you, George? I would say just be open with your approach to making music. By that, I mean, don't like set a a boundary on like what you're going to try and make or the type of artist you're going to try and work with. I think the more open you can be about, you know, what you enjoy and what you could potentially make, the more you lean into those things, the more you're, you're going to learn and, and discover ideas within you that you didn't know that you would necessarily do i don't know if i've articulated that as best i could but yeah just lean into all the music that you're into early on explore different sounds and everything that you do is just going to inform one of the other styles yeah it did make sense it did it did don't worry it made complete sense (laughs) um it's been absolutely brilliant to have you both here it's been brilliant to have have you here in spitfire yeah um thanks to spitfire for letting us use the studio today Um, but you, you mentioned JD, that you use Spitfire I do use Spitfire strings, yeah. 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 It's my go-to string library. <laughs> so uh, Spitfire, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Give me a ring. Yeah, shout me. <laughs> Jordan, Mahalia, absolutely fantastic to have you here. So Thanks good. so much Thank for coming you. on Take Notes. Um, we should play out with another song of yours, Mahalia. What should we go for? One of these or...? It could be one that we haven't talked about yet today. Um, could be from the EP or it could be... Premier back catalogue, another dimension. That is a good idea. Which song? Well, we could go forever because that's oh, we on could the EP in a way. And Mahalia forever, we could say. <laughs> no, no. Yes, that is a good idea. Okay, excellent. It seems like the right one to me. <laughs> anyway, so this is it. This is Mahalia with Forever. If I say it too much, does I love you begin to lose meaning? 
Not the type to hold back what I'm feeling Cause boundaries don't help no Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have a moment, do tell your friends and leave us a review. It all really helps. Thanks to those of you who have already donated to the show. I'm just one part of the team that brings you tape notes. It relies on your support. If you'd like to donate, please head to our website. Once again, thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye.